Welcome to First Baptist Church. You're listening to the preaching ministry of Pastor Sherman Burkhead. Please check us out on the internet at fbcboron.org. Okay, so Les absolutely loves it when I love it when I do this to him. This morning, 28 minutes from start to finish. So we're not going to be here that long. I'll get you out of here. You can get to the, the end of the early football game with no problem. Uh, but hopefully uh, uh, you'll get something out of it. So we're going to examine three different passages from the Bible about thankfulness. And the only paper you have in your bulletin is an acrostic that we'll fill out at the end if you so choose. Uh, the first uh, passage we're going to look at is Matthew 6, 25 through 33. And it says, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life. What will you eat or what will you drink? Nor about your body. What will you put on? Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to a span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon, in all his glory, was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little, you of little faith? Therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Let's pray. Lord, uh, we pray that uh, as uh, uh, we're in your house this morning, Lord, that uh, uh, this message comes uh, uh, from you through me, Lord. I pray that none of myself is uh, uh, saying these words, Lord, that uh, you would control my speech that uh, it would be a blessing to at least one person in this room, Lord, and we ask that you bless our time together here today. I ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. It was a cold, clear Wednesday night in a big city, the night before Thanksgiving. He was pushing an old, beat-up shopping cart along a back alley. It was filled with discarded clothes, old newspapers, and a couple of cans of food. He didn't look any better. He wore several layers of clothes, all of them filthy and full of holes. His hair was long and matted. He had a scraggly beard, and what little you could see of his face was covered in dirt and grease. Nobody knew his name, but the kids had started calling him Hobo Bob. He would wander through the streets digging through trash cans, begging the odd quarter off of strangers. He didn't bother anyone, so people didn't bother him. That cold, clear night before Thanksgiving, Hobo Bob was just wandering through the alleys looking for a corner he could sleep in that would shelter him from the cold. He had no interest in celebrating Thanksgiving. He had nothing to be thankful for and no God to give thanks to. How could he believe in a God when God had let this happen to him? But then floating on the air came the faint strains of a pipe organ playing a hymn that was familiar to him. He slowly pushed his cart towards the sound and found himself standing in front of a church. On the sign out in front of the church, it said, Community Thanksgiving Service, Wednesday night, 7.30 p.m. Everyone welcome. Hobo Bob just stood there, transfixed by the music. 
The office was quiet. The lights were off, except for a desk lamp glaring brightly in one cubicle. You could hear the quiet hum of the cooling fan in a computer, the clickety-clack of a keyboard. Everyone had gone home for the Thanksgiving holiday, except for Maria. She knew her boss wouldn't be back until Monday, but if she could finish this report and personally hand it to him first thing Monday morning, maybe she could win that promotion she had been competing for. The strain on Maria's eyes was getting to her. Her fingers were cramping. She decided to go outside and take a walk in the cool November air before she finished the report. As the door to the office closed behind her, the phone rang. A child's voice came over the answering machine. Mommy, when are you coming home? You promised we could have dinner with Grandma tonight. As Maria walked along the street in front of her office building, she too heard the faint strains of a pipe organ playing a hymn she knew from her childhood. Slowly she walked toward the sound till she came to a church. A sign out front read, Community Thanksgiving Service, Wednesday night, 7.30 p.m. Everyone welcome. She stood there next to Hobo Bob, transfixed by the music. Mai Ling had been raised a Buddhist, and she was very faithful to its teachings and traditions. But her parents had also taught her to tolerate and respect people of other religions. Even so, when she moved to America with her husband, she had a hard time respecting the Christian religion. In a country that was supposed to be founded on Christian principles, people didn't seem to take the religion very seriously. Here it was Thanksgiving, a holiday that was supposed to honor God for all his blessings, and yet her co-workers called it Turkey Day. They bragged about how they would stuff themselves with food and then sit in front of a TV and watch parades or football. How could she respect a religion that had commercialized its holy days? She had no interest in celebrating Thanksgiving. But as she was walking home from the subway station, she heard the faint sounds of music in the air. It sounded like a pipe organ. The tune was beautiful but unfamiliar to her. Curiosity got the best of her, and she started to walk towards the sound. She came to the front of a Christian church. Out in front was a sign that read, Community Thanksgiving service, Wednesday night, 7.30 p.m., everyone welcome. As she stood there, along with Maria and Hobo Bob, transfixed by the music coming from within. Now, we're going to get back to these three here in a little bit, but let me ask you this question. Are you a thankful person or a complaining person? Let's listen to this psalm uh, that I'm about to read, and we can see for ourselves what kind of person we are as I share these seven different ideas. Um, flesh is prone to complain. However, I, as I was reading the words of Psalm 107, I was reminded of the fact that I have so much to be thankful for. I suspect so do you. I just wanted to share these seven thoughts. Redemption. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has redeemed from trouble. If you are a Christian, you have been redeemed. Jesus Christ paid for your salvation on Calvary. The word of God tells us we are no longer our own, but we have been bought with a price. The price that was paid with the bloody death of the Lamb of God that was slain for the sins of the world, mine and yours. We have deliverance from Psalms, Psalm, Psalms 107, 6. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. 
What has God delivered you from? Be sure not to answer in the negative too quickly. If you've been saved, he has delivered you from the eternal lake of fire. If you've been saved, he has delivered you from the bondage of sin. Many of us have been delivered from these examples. Alcohol, drugs, immorality, pornography, perhaps an uncontrollable temper or bad language. No matter what he has delivered you from, he offers to deliver you from so much more just by placing ourselves as a living sacrifice on that altar of submission to his will and to his way. We should be thankful for his leadership. Psalm 107.7, he led them by a straight way till they reached a city to dwell in. Remember, the Lord is your shepherd. Shepherds lead sheep. Sheep are to follow the shepherd. He will lead you in the right way. One day he will lead you home. Even though he may lead you through some valley of the shadow of death, you do not have to fear any evil because he is with you and his rod and his staff will comfort you. We should be thankful for his fulfillment. Psalms 107.9 For he satisfies the longing soul and the hungry soul he fills with good things. He will satisfy your longing soul. Isn't it interesting that it doesn't say he will satisfy the longings of our flesh? Let your soul long for righteousness, you will be filled. Let him pour water upon your thirsty soul as the deer pants after the water. Let your soul pant after God. You won't leave empty if you are hungry and thirsty for him. Um, be thankful for conviction. Psalm 107, 11 and 12. For they had rebelled against the words of God and spurned the counsel of the Most High. So he bowed their hearts down with hard labor. They fell down with none to help. Yes, we can even be thankful for conviction and discipline. When we rebel, God brings down our heart with labor. A rebellious Christian will be disciplined by God. He does so that we might not be condemned with the world. He does so because he does not want us to ruin our lives. He does so because he cares about us. He allows that rug to be pulled out from under our feet that we might not forget him. We should also be thankful for, for conviction because it reminds us that we are his children. If we be without chastisement, Hebrews says, we are bastards and not sons. A person living in rebellion has, that has no conviction or discipline from God is obviously not God's child. should be thankful for his word. Psalm 107.20 He sent out his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. We should be thankful for the word of God. It's settled forever in heaven. It affects, comfort, affects the comforted and comforts the afflicted. It reproves me, rebukes me, but praise God, it also exhorts me. It is my spiritual food. It is my guidebook. And it is God's love letter to me. As I read his word, the Spirit speaks to me from it because he inspired it. May it be a lamp unto our feet and a light under our path. We should be thankful for his power. He came, he can cause the storm to come, but he can also cause the storm to go. Storm to go. He can speak, peace be still. He created me. He can heal me. He can provide for me, take care of me, and at the same time meet the needs of every one of his other children and keep the universe on track. He can do so exceedingly. 
abundantly above all that we can ask or think. He is the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, and he is the Prince of Peace. Praise God for his power. Move on to a text from Luke 17, 11 through 19. It's the story of Jesus and the lepers. On the way to Jerusalem, he was passing between Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered the village, he was met by ten lepers who stood at a distance and lifted up their voices saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said to them, Go, show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice. And he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. He was a Samaritan. Then Jesus answered, Were not ten cleansed? Where are the nine? When no, when no one found, was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, Rise, go your way. Your faith has made you well. Jesus came to where these lepers lived. Isn't it great that Christ comes to where we are? This certain village was properly a leper colony. Ten men met Jesus who were lepers, so they stood afar off. All ten lifted their voices and asked Jesus for mercy. Jesus tell them to go, tells them to go and show themselves to the priests. As they went, they were cleansed, or they were healed. As one, a Samaritan, saw himself healed, he came back and fell on his face and at Jesus' feet, thanking and praising him. Jesus asked that question, where are the other nine, the Jews? But then Jesus tells the one to arise, go your way, your faith has made you well. This Thanksgiving, we don't need to know how to have faith for our faith. We need to remember to have faith in our God. So from Leviticus, describing about the uh, people with leprosy, the leprous person who has the disease shall wear torn clothes and let the hair of his head hang loose, and he shall cover his upper lip and cry out, unclean, unclean. He shall remain unclean as long as he has the disease. He is unclean. He shall live alone. His dwelling shall be outside the, outside the camp. Those lepers were commanded to yell unclean and live alone. The Bible tells us they stood afar off and cried for mercy by lifting up their voices. This is the lines of another story from Matthew chapter 20, verses 30 and 30 through 34. And behold, there were two blind men sitting by the roadside. And when they heard that Jesus was passing by, they cried out, Lord, have mercy on us, son of David. The crowd rebuked them, telling them to be silent. But they cried out all the more, Lord, have mercy on us, son of David. And stopping, Jesus called to them and said, What do you want me to do for you? They said to him, Lord, let our eyes be opened. And Jesus in pity touched their eyes, and immediately they recovered their sight and followed him. Notice that Jesus heard their cry, and he was moved with compassion, and he touched them, and immediately their eyes received sight, and they followed him. Which miracle took more faith on the receiving end, the two blind men or the lepers? One out of ten came back and worshipped Jesus. Where were the nine Jews? Maybe they just stayed Jews. A man named Charles Brown gave several suggestions as to why the other nine never returned to give thanks. Keep in mind that these are only suggestions, but they do reveal a whole lot about human nature. One waited to see if the cure was real. 
One waited to see if it would last. One said he would see Jesus later. One decided that he never had leprosy. One said he would have gotten well anyway. One gave glory to the priests. One said, oh, well, Jesus really didn't do anything. One said, any rabbi could have done it. One said, I was already much improved. Jesus said to the one, arise, go, your faith has made you well. In other words, you, believing in the Son of God, has made you well. Four points to remember about this Thanksgiving season. One, number one, nine out of ten were satisfied with reaping the benefits of his power only. They saw nothing in the power of God in him to attract them. What does the name Jesus Christ mean to you? From Acts 10.38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Secondly, nine out of ten remained Jews by name only. Christ Christian by name only? Very sad. When you come into contact with people, can they seal, see, feel, and hear Christ in you? Number three, nine of the ten saw nothing in Jesus Christ the person. From Isaiah, who has believed what he has heard from us? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he grew up before him like a young plant, and like a root out of dry ground. He had no form or majesty that we, could, we should look on him, and no beauty that we should desire him. The fourth point, one out of ten found God and the source of blessing in Christ. Psalm 31, 1, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. A scholar once said that a new power was given to him that day. He had faith, not just to be healed, but many commentaries state that he had the faith to follow Christ. All people are blessed of God, but not all follow Christ. This man's thankful heart responded in faith, and he was perfected as a discipline of the Lord. Let's go back and check on our three lost sheep outside that church standing in the cold. As the tune began to repeat, the music swelled. Maria recognized that the song was coming to an end. The three looked at each other, then back at the open door of the church. Slowly, they climbed the stairs together. An usher was still standing at the door. He looked them over, over for a moment, took a second look at Hobo Bob, then shrugged, smiled, and handed each of them a bulletin. He led them down the aisle to an empty pew where they could sit together. And for the next hour, they listened as the congregation sang and prayed, as the scriptures were read and preached. Hobo Bob began to think seriously about the God he had been trying to ignore. He didn't understand why he lost his job, his family, and his home. He didn't understand why God had left him to fend for himself out on those cold streets. And yet he could see how God had been present with him over the years. He thought about the shelters he had stayed in on the coldest nights, the hot meals people prepared sometimes for the homeless. He thought about the little girl who had shoved a dollar bill in his hand and said, God bless you, as she ran back to her horrified parents. He had sneered at her then. 
But now, as he worshipped with his congregation, he began to think that maybe God was greater than his poverty, and maybe he did have something to be thankful for on this night. Maria's thoughts went back to the God of her childhood. Her parents had taken her to church faithfully, but lately she had been too busy to think about God. She had been serving other gods, the gods of success, power, and promotion. And yet the one true God had been there all along. He had richly blessed her with a wonderful son, a son who deserved more of her time and who should be raised to know God too. As Maria worshipped with that congregation, God became her God again. My Ling was deep in thought. She could sense the love and devotion these people had for their God. Maybe there was more to this holiday than the commercialization. But what caught her attention most was the story of a God who loved all people, no matter how they were raised or what country they were from. A God who loved us so much, he sent his only son, Jesus Christ, to die for our sins so that we might turn back to God. As Myling worshipped with that congregation, she realized that this was truly something to be thankful for. Which of these people can you relate to? Hobo Bob was angry with God and thought God had forsaken him. Maria worshipped those other gods, the gods of wealth, success, and power. My Ling found a God that Thanksgiving that was the father of Jesus Christ who came to save sinners of the world. Our lesson started out by saying, don't be anxious for your life because God will provide. God will take care of us. He will come to Hobo Bob and in some way explain that he was always with him, even when Hobo Bob did not feel his presence around him. God, could, God would be with him in his anger in his despair about life. So this Thanksgiving, if you feel angry with God because of the circumstances of your life, or you maybe have lost a loved one, and are having a difficult time in your grieving, God will come to your anxious life and give you peace. Turn your anger over to God, and in turn, he will give you the peace that passes all human understanding. Or if you can relate to Maria, the person who found other gods, the gods of power and success. God will come to your anxious life and help you find what is important and what is not. God will come and say, look, if I can care for the birds of the air, the flowers, can I care for you? Turn your anxious life over to God. Turn your worries, your cares about providing for life over to God, and he will help you find peace. Turn over that anxious life, anxiousness about life, Turn over to God your desire for success and power, and he will give you the peace that passes all human understanding. Or, if you could relate to my lane, the person who found Christ in thanksgiving, maybe you have lost sight of Christ, that Savior in your life. Maybe you have lost sight of the promise of the resurrection, the Easter promise of the one who was crucified and then rose so that we might rise also. Maybe it is time to see beyond all the commercialization of Christianity to the Christ of the cross and the Lord of the resurrection. If you have felt that the real message of Christianity has left you behind, then see the power of the cross and the hope of the resurrection in your thanksgiving. Give thanks for the Son who died and rose for you.
the acrostic that you have. T, we should be thankful for today. Psalms 118.24 says, This is the day of the Lord, this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. We should give thanks because our transgressions, transgressions have been forgiven. Psalms 103.12 says, As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgression from us. We should give thanks before the trials we face. From James, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. We can be thanks, give thanks for our health. We could give thanks for our homes. And we give thanks for the hope that we have in Christ. I don't trust it. I can't see it. <laughs> but apparently it's keeping up with me. Um, moving on to the A. We should give thanks that we have an awesome God. Rich Mullins wrote a song several years ago entitled Awesome God. We sang it just uh, a few minutes ago. The chorus goes like this. Our God is an awesome God. He reigns from heaven above with wisdom, power, and love. Our God is an awesome God. We can also give thanks for the atonement of Christ. Romans 3.25 whom God put forward as a propitiation by his blood to be received by faith, this was to show God's righteousness because in his divine forbearance he had passed over former sins. The end. We should forgive, we, sh we should give thanks for our nation. Psalms 33.12 says, Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, the people whom he has chosen as his heritage. We should also give thanks for the new covenant, Luke 22:20, 20, and likewise the cup after they had eaten, saying, this cup that is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. We should also give thanks for the fact that we are new creations in Christ. 2 Corinthians 5:17. therefore if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. The K. We should give thanks for the kindness of others. We should also give thanks for the kingdom of God. Luke 17, 20, being asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, he answered them, the kingdom of God is not coming in ways that can be observed. We can also be thankful that Jesus is the King of Kings. At some point in the future, Jesus will establish his earthly kingdom, and every knee will bow, and every tongue will confess that he is Lord. And the last one, salvation. John 2.9, But I, with the voice of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you what I have vowed I will pay. Salvation belongs to the Lord. And Acts 4.12 says, And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. So if you could identify with any one of those three 
people that we talked about in our story, I hope that you can use whatever was said here to bring yourself closer back to God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for this time that, uh, to be in your house, Lord. Um, although it was a short message, Lord, we just pray that uh, it was uh, beneficial to some. We ask that uh, as we all were about to go our separate ways, that we could return uh, next Sunday uh, and be in our places again. We ask uh, that your blessing uh, be upon us all. I ask all these in Jesus' name. Amen. You've been listening to the preaching ministry of Pastor Sherman Burkhead, a production of First Baptist Church in Boron, California. Our website address is fbcboron.org. And would you please consider partnering with us financially as we work to share the hope and the gospel of Jesus Christ with our community and our world.